Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm happy to welcome to the show two of my good friends and returning champions. We got Dean and Nick. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Dean? Oh, I thought Dean was going to go first. I thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought Nick was going to go first. Uh, it's That's me. how much respect Hi. you have for each other. I, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, we both deferred. I like the Taylor Swift <laughs> reference in the first... 30 seconds of the show. It's a great, great start. Uh, let me begin by telling our listeners that as we're recording this on December 19th, 2022, I have the flu and you probably could hear it in my voice. I'm getting better. Hope to be back to normal in a couple of days, but that is why I sound the way that I do. Uh, we'll go for as long as we can tonight, which uh, may not be long based on the deterioration in my voice already, but let's see what happens. Uh, guys, how are we doing? A couple of days before the big holiday. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. I'm I'm getting ready. I uh, I'm I'm ready about Wednesday at one o'clock. I'll be ready. Wednesday at one o'clock. Okay. Is there oh, a meaning yeah. to that time? There is. I'll be uh, I'll be taking the rest of my vacation time for the year. So okay. Come come Wednesday at one o one. I can say uh, I will not be working until next year. Famous last words. Something will boil up. It always does. But sure. Uh, <laughs> it was uh it was a year where I got to bank some vacation time, and now I'm gonna cash it in and hopefully have a nice holiday season. Okay, good. That makes sense. So guys, tonight, to close out the year, this will be the final episode of the year for Stuff We Love Podcast because we're going to be taking some time off for the holidays and the new year. Thought I would talk a little bit about my recent trip to Orlando, which was uh, two weekends ago, and just have a random mis miscellaneous Disney discussion. Um, why don't we get into my trip, if that sounds good with you guys. Sounds great. So I went down to Disney World for a long weekend, purposely went down during the holiday season. I'd never been there in December before, and I always wanted to go. Uh, let's start with the hotel, because this was something that I actually made a switch on. I was originally supposed to stay over at Caribbean Beach Hotel. And look, that's a nice hotel. It's on the Skyliner, has a lot of perks. It's right next to Riviera. You get to use their restaurant facilities, which is nice. Uh, but I made the switch to Grand Destino Tower over at Coronado Springs. And I made the switch for a couple of reasons. One, I'd stayed there once before and thought very highly of the hotel. Two, it was a pretty similar price point. I mean, Dean, you were my agent on this trip. I actually think it came in a little cheaper after the discount. It did. Yeah, that was that was a nice little uh, price uh, discount that popped open. We jumped right on that, and it did. It would end up being cheaper than it would have been had you stayed at the first re reservation. Yeah, no, I was glad to, to make the switch. Also, I'd been on the Skyliner earlier this year at Riviera, so I didn't have a need to be on the Skyliner. And we were only going to be doing two parks. We were going to be doing Magic Kingdom for the Christmas party and spreading out Epcot over two days. So it's not like I'd be taking the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios, for example. And I'm, you know, the hotel was great. It was beautifully decorated for the holidays. Over in the Barcelona Lounge in the lobby, they had that massive uh, Christmas tree, which was great and very photogenic and all that. Uh, hotel staff was fantastic. We had a standard room. As I've talked about before on the show, I think highly of Grand Destino. I think in your moderate resort category, for that price point, it is a very luxurious feel. It does have the feel of a deluxe resort to me. If you looked at some of the photos I took of the lobby and how spectacular it looked, you might as well think I'm staying at a deluxe property. Um, I think it's a great hotel. Uh, now, guys, have you stayed there before? I have not yet. It's a beautiful building. Uh, I think it's just visually stunning. Uh, just just to see the property and and head over there, but uh, it will be on my short list of uh, 
of places I would like to stay, I keep getting drawn back to the boardwalk area. So it's uh, it's something that's that's sucking us in every time. But uh, it's it's a great place. And plenty of people that I know have stayed there and had uh, similar excellent experiences as you did. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice. Uh, Nick, how about you? I've just hung out at the uh, the bar downstairs. Yes, the big giant windows. Yeah, yeah, I've just it's hung nice. out down there. It's a very nice area to hang out. It's uh, it's a great property. It's one of the three Disney hotels that the NBA players stayed at when they were having their shortened season during the pandemic there. So it speaks to the caliber of the hotel. Uh, so I stayed at Grand Destino. And uh, in terms of the Christmas party on Friday night, this was my first time at the Christmas party. I, I'd been to the Halloween party and Boobash multiple times. What's amazing here is that I was so immersed in getting on all of the attractions with little to no weights. I know this sounds crazy. I didn't even know when the Christmas parade was taking place. <laughs> and I didn't even really know when the fireworks were going on. I, I I heard a couple fireworks, but it was literally no weights to get on almost every single ride that we just kept going from one ride to another. The longest wait was Peter Pan's flight, maybe 15 minutes. And that may be on the high end. Um, that reason alone is worth the cost of admission to me. So this validates the theory that I've kind of been throwing around in my head where if you wanted to go to Disney and do everything at the park, maybe you book a party with the intention of skipping the parade, skipping the fireworks, and you just go on attraction after attraction. You could easily get done three quarters or maybe even every single attraction at the Magic Kingdom if you wanted to in one night. Depending on where you source it, they say the average guest that goes to Magic Kingdom in a day will do about eight attractions. Some places say six to eight, others say eight to 10. So call it eight attractions. I, I right. think from following along with you, I think you doubled that in three and a half hours. Oh, easily. I mean, I went on Buzz Lightyear, People Mover, Tomorrowland Transit Authority, Teacups, Winnie the Pooh, Small World, Peter Pan's Flight, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, Magic Carpets of Aladdin twice, meet and greets. It's, it's, and then we we did eat there too. So, I mean, we were knocking everything out. Are you counting the people mover and the tomorrow transit? Uh, different uh, attractions. I caught, I, I, caught, I caught that too, and I wasn't going to call on it. <laughs> so wait, did I say people mover and then Tomorrowland Transit Authority? You did. Yes. Did I say Tomorrowland Speedway? No. Said okay, so that, that's, I'm not even, that's what I meant to say. Tomorrow. <laughs> the speedway. Okay? Listen, I have the flu right now. Is, <laughs> that's my excuse. I have the flu. Didn't half your party make it under Big Thunder too? Um, that is true. Yes. And I, I didn't, because I've been on that multiple times earlier this year. And I wasn't going to go on Splash Mountain because it was actually kind of chilly. It was probably in the 60s. I didn't feel like getting wet. But um, I knocked everything out. And then had dinner at Cosmic Rays, which was honestly... Not the best. I enjoyed it more when I was there for the Halloween party, but took advantage of the free hot chocolate and chocolate chip cookies at Pinocchio's Village House. Every place they served cookies at, it was a different type of cookie. One was gingerbread. One was snickerdoodle. The one I went to was chocolate chip. Fantastic. Absolute thrill. Fantastic cookie or fantastic experience? Fantastic cookie, fantastic hot chocolate, and fantastic experience. Wow. Yes. They've upped their cookie game then because... Uh... My yeah. last time, my last time there was with Nick, and I don't remember the cookies being that good. I don't even, and they were shoving at us too. They were yeah. trying to give us like <laughs> seven or eight of them. We're like, nah, I don't want that. No, this was <laughs> an cookie. individually wrapped chocolate chip cookie, and when I opened up the wrapping, it was very soft. Yeah, that, yeah, that were... beats 
that beats the stale trough <laughs> that they were throwing them at when they were throwing them at us back then. Well, they didn't know you were podcasters. Ago. They didn't know you were podcasters. Uh, they know the goat. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. So, um, it was it, it was just a great night at the Magic Kingdom. It was one of the top experiences I've ever had at a party there. Even though it was busy because it's the holiday season, when you go to an event like the Christmas party, you know you're at a ticketed event so that you'll be able to get on attractions. You'll be able, if you wanted to see the parade, you'll be able to do that. It just worked out phenomenally. And then fortunately we got on the bus to the hotel right away. As soon as we left the park, it was waiting for us and they, uh, they held it, which was awesome. So did that was close, the Christmas party. Did you close down the party? I was there till around like 11, 10, 11, 15. Okay, that's good. I got into the park around five thirty, and see that's the weird thing. I, I thought it would take longer to get in the park. So when we got in there, the regular park, you know, they were still open for regular visitors that didn't have Christmas party tickets. So it was kind of like, okay, Buzz Lightyear's got a thirty minute wait. Do we just wait it out or do we just deal with it? You don't know, because you know soon it's going to decrease in terms of the wait time. Oh yeah, definitely. Let, let let the party start up, and all those wait times cut in half, if not more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick, have you been to the Christmas party? Yeah, I went to the one. Uh, what year was that? Me and Dean. Me and Dean attended. Of course, that's together. where you got the cookies thrown at. That's where. Yeah. Got the, yeah, was that 2018? I think it was 18. I think it was 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I had been there in 2008, ironically with Paul, although we didn't know each other then. Yeah. And then 10 years later with you, and and uh, that's a good time. I mean, we had fun. That I think in 18 I did the Halloween party and the Christmas party. Which one do you prefer? I like the Christmas party better because um, the Halloween one I just I, I'm not going to eat the candy, so there was no point in doing all the trick or treating. And it rained, so it kind of killed the beginning of the night because we got that was the uh, the trip we um, did um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Mm-hmm. And you know how you're sitting outside right before you get to the cottage, the skies opened up and just started pouring down rain <laughs> and we just got soaked That's rough. sitting there. And then, yes. uh, and I was in my, uh, my costume and got all wet. Well, that's not exactly the best theme park experience uh, right there. Yeah. I spent the whole night, whole night trying to get dry. Yeah. But uh, I do recommend the Christmas party and the Halloween party. They are expensive, but worth it, I think, if you want to experience the parks in reduced crowds. So that's my take on the Christmas party. In terms of the food during the trip, I went to the boathouse, which is not a surprise. I was there during brunch time. Now, here's the interesting story from brunch. We've talked a lot on the podcast here about these rolls that they bring you at the boathouse and how they're warm and soft and covered in this honey flavoring, which is fantastic. If you go during the brunch hours at the boathouse, they come in a cinnamon drizzle, the rolls. So you get the honey. Yep. You get the honey, you get the cinnamon and you get the butter as well. It's, it's insanely good. It's just fantastic. I guess they don't give you that at the bar because I've been there. After brunch, but I sat at the bar and I didn't get no rolls. Okay. Yeah, I think you have to ask for it at the bar, but it, it was really good. And I had, you know, I had a burger, had shrimp cocktail. I had actually one one thing I tried because I always like to have something new there on the appetizer menu, crab meat, cocktail, and avocado. It was really good. Even though I'm not crazy about avocado, this was fantastic. So I highly recommend that. 
it was busy during the brunch, uh, but it was nicely decorated for the holidays. Uh, then we went to Wine Bar George, another one of my favorite restaurants where we got the cheese board and the, I guess it's the skirt steak, right, Dane? Is that what we get? And With the chimichurri. With the chimichurri. The only oh, thing I'll say good. here is that the experience, this has nothing to do with Wine Bar George. The food was great, but the experience was ruined because of a table that was pretty much right next to us that was extremely loud the entire evening. They were shouting and shouting. Even the, the restaurant staff was apologizing to people. It's not their fault, but it, it ruined the experience because I, I couldn't hear myself think. So um, that was Wine Bar George. I have a question about Boathouse. Yes. Were the uh, dueling pianos there? They had not not dueling pianos, but they had, if I recall correctly, piano entertainment. But not dueling. Not dueling. Soloing. I don't remember. I don't know if they were dueling when I was there or not, but they had two. They had, uh, I think it was a husband and wife team mm-hmm. playing the piano. And they were they were really good. Yeah. They have good entertainment at the boathouse. I've definitely been there like late at night and they have acoustic guitar players. It's very good entertainment venue, but I don't think it was dueling pianos for the brunch, but it was, it was live entertainment. If I recall correctly. Um, As I mentioned, we went to cosmic rays over at the Christmas party, had breakfast over at Kona cafe at the Polynesian where I had the same thing I usually have, which is the macadamia nut pancakes. They were fantastic, but this was my first time at Kona since the renovations where the color scheme on the wall has changed. The restaurant looks different than it used to. Uh, in terms of what I prefer more, I guess the new one looks a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more modern if I'm really being nitpicky. It's just a different color. I mean, the old color seemed to be more it, red. It, it felt cleaner because they had changed it maybe for nothing else. Yeah. Not like it was dirty and run down in the old scheme. Uh, I, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure. I mean, it was a change. You could tell it changed, but I'm not sure it was like a remarkable, oh, they redesigned this restaurant type change. Right. I agree. I mean, I'll tell you this. This is a hot take right here. So when it comes to dining over at the Polynesian, I'm speaking about breakfast in particular. To me, I would go without hesitation to Kona over Ohana. There's a lot of people that would disagree with that, but I've been to both now. Kona multiple times, Ohana only once. And I just don't like the way the breakfast is served at Ohana on the skillet. I find it a little bit messy, a little bit greasy, whereas at Kona... It's individual entrees. It's just, I think, a little better. What are your thoughts on that, guys? I'll let Nick go first on that one. Scott, I have never had breakfast at either one of those places. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, ready? you ready, Scott? So, so if, if somebody said to you, you want to go to Kona or, or Ohana, where would you go? I would probably pick Kona just because I've heard so many good things about it. Okay. And it's always been on our list and it always just seems to get, we're never, we never stay on the monorail loop hardly right. ever. Um, I think we did like once we did um, Bay Lake Tower, mm-hmm. but we were only there for one night and we packed up and left. Um, so I've never really had breakfast at any of those mm-hmm. at the monorail restaurant. Yeah, Kona is good. I think that uh, the first time I went there, I tried the Tonga Toast because it's what everybody speaks about. And I liked it, but it's honestly too much for me. The, I find the macadamia. The, the pancakes are way better. I, I think they're better. Um, if I'm having breakfast at the Polynesian, I'm going to Kona every time. If mm-hmm. Kona's closed, I'll go to the coffee bar outside Kona. Yes, good coffee I'll bar. Go to Captain, 
I'll go to Captain Cook's. Okay. Then I'll go to I have. The first time we did go in 2010, I did go to Captain Cook's and get the Tonga Toast. Oh, they sell and, the Tonga uh, Toast there. I didn't know that. They, they it's there, but it. you don't get the strawberry yeah. jelly or something. Yeah, and they, it's, it's a little different. They you don't get the sauce. My wife will only eat bacon if it's crispy. And they they brought it out, and the bacon was not crispy, and I had to go back and ask her better bacon. Yes. Cooked bacon, and she she said, tell them to cook this before they bring it back. Well, I'd get on the monorail and go to Grand Floridian Cafe before I'd go to Ohana. So you're not an Ohana fan, from what you're saying. It, 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 it's fine. Like I don't want to bash it because it's a fine breakfast. I don't get the appeal for the breakfast, other than the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't think the breakfast is particularly good. And I actually think the dinner's gone downhill a little bit. I've heard that. But, I've never uh, been there for dinner, but. But I, I'm also would argue that Kona is probably the best restaurant on Disney property. That serves all three meals. Okay. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You've been there for I'm lunch? Just a big Kona. Yeah, I'm a big Kona fan. It's a nice atmosphere. It's a very comfortable restaurant to eat in because the tables are a nice size. They're not on top of one another. It's got high ceilings. It's just a very comfortable environment, I find. They also seem to have mostly veteran staff. Yes. So you get pretty good service. Not going to be over-the-top service too often, but it's going to be really consistent good service. Right. Yeah, I've never been to Kona. I've been to Ohana twice, and both times it it just felt like they were trying to rush us through it. It's like they oh, were giant yeah, platter of appetizers, and we're like barely starting to eat them, and she's coming to lace them over and with a skewer of shrimp and throwing them on the plate. And I'm like, I haven't even <laughs> touched any of this other stuff you brought over. Right. That, that's a common criticism of Ohana because they do want to turn those tables tables around yeah, in a certain number of minutes to keep the, the flow going. Yeah, both times it felt like they just were just trying to get us out of there. When you go to dinner at Ohana, do they give you that pineapple bread that you get for breakfast when you walk in? Do you guys know? I think they do. There was, yeah, I think there was bread. I don't think I ate any of it. Mm-hmm. I that saved all good. my uh, carbs, for, carbs for the noodles. Yeah. The noodles are, are really <laughs> good there. So another place I went to for breakfast was over at the Contemporary, which was Steakhouse 71. I finally got there because I had to cancel my multiple reservations on previous trips. And I thought it was very good. I mean, it's um, I would prefer Kona because I love those macadamia nut pancakes. But I don't have anything really negative to say about Steakhouse 71. The service was good. I had the uh, traditional breakfast platter, which was eggs served in a nice little dish it's tough to really explain but it's almost like its own separate (laughs) it's i'm not doing doing it justice its own separate little container unique way of serving it and there was bacon potatoes it's served with a biscuit and all that stuff so it was uh excellent and uh, everybody liked it uh do i think it's a must do would i rush back there for breakfast no but uh it was good enough where i would go back if i was looking for a place and couldn't get in other locations so dean you've been there for any dinner right I've been there for dinner. I've been there for breakfast, but I didn't remember that the breakfast menu has Walt's hash. It, did, was it was anybody on Anybody got Walt's hash? Anybody get that at your table? No, nobody got that. And I think part of the reason for that is we were going to Splitsville for lunch that day and just didn't want to go crazy. Can't blame you. Nick, so usually you when we go, Good. Steakhouse, I, mean, I haven't been there since I changed it over. I was there when it was the, um, what was it, the Wave? The Wave. The Wave. Yeah, we did breakfast there a couple of times when it was the Wave. 
But most of the time when we go to Disney World, we don't do sit-down breakfast. We're going to save our sit-down meals for lunch or dinner. And we'll just do grab something quick in the morning. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think th- this trip was unique in terms of how we were planning out our schedule. So I think that's why it was able to work for us. But yeah, when you go to a sit-down breakfast, it is a commitment. There's no doubt about it. And it takes up a chunk of your day. So if you're planning on rope dropping the parks, your options are more limited by going to a sit-down. No doubt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the places like Kona, for example, you can get in, you know, in the seven o'clock hour. So you can do that sit down, kind of get in and out in, in monorail over and be at the park before nine. Mm-hmm. But you're right. A sit down breakfast can be a bit of a time commitment. So sometimes it's easier to grab breakfast on the fly. Oh, absolutely. What was your next hot take? My next hot take? <laughs> I, let, me, let me give you a hot take. Okay. I, I, got a, I got a serious hot take for you. This is a big statement. Okay. Um, well, before I get to it, let me just say that I also, as I mentioned a moment ago, went to Splitsville. Always good. I think it's one of the best dining establishments on property. At the table, we got sushi. We got this Maui chicken sandwich, which was out of this world good. It was like fried chicken and a teriyaki sauce with pineapple on top and coleslaw on a King's Hawaiian roll. It was just fantastic. Uh, chicken fingers. You know, it, it was a great meal. So I always tell people Splitsville is a gem at Disney Springs. But here's my hot take. Having nothing to do with the dining, but you know from listening to the show and being on the show many times that I love Disney Springs. I go there multiple times on every trip. I'm not sure how much I'm going to be going back to Disney Springs on future trips. Okay, that's the hot take. Now, let me clarify this. Let me explain this. I still love it, and I enjoy my time there. There was one day we got there at Disney Springs before it even opened. Starbucks was open, and we went there. We had coffee. Walked around a little bit when it was pretty empty. It was great. And then we were there for like six hours going to the boathouse, going to stores and just walking around. But here's the reason I say that what I just said a moment ago. When I was there in the evenings, it was so unbelievably crowded that it was very difficult to do anything. Now, I know it's the holiday season and I was there on a weekend, so I take that all into account. But this was just unbelievable, these crowds. Uh, at Wine Bar George, it was packed. As I mentioned, there was a loud table. But when you left there, we were planning on going to Ghirardelli for ice cream. We got to Ghirardelli. The line was massive. And then we were debating going somewhere else on the property for a dessert. And it was just packed. It was almost like to, to walk from one place to the other, you were going through this massive sea of people. Uh, it's almost too crowded for its own good. And it lost some of its appeal for me on this trip. Does that make any sense? It does to me, and I've gotten there with with downtown now. It's I actually prefer, like you talked about, getting there before it opens, right, and enjoying those first few hours, and maybe focusing more on a lunch and a dinner, right. so that I'm not there at night because it gets crazy at night. And again, my last trip there was over the summer, and so it's uh, I guess similar problem, right? It's a crowded time, usually summertime, and right uh people want to stay out later and locals are not in school and so it's it's probably a little more busy but it it does it it gets to be a little bit too frustrating uh how how are the lines at gideon's long when i saw them they were long (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's like it's like one of the like you know space mountain used to be the indicator for time at at uh magic kingdom that's going way back because it's really not anymore but it's like if you, you just get the Gideon's weight and when you find out it's you know three and a half hours, you know that it's packed at Disney Springs. Yeah. I don't know what the wait time was, but it was a long line just from observing it. 
And look, I love it. I mean, the stores are great. The food options are great, but it's just overwhelmingly crowded. That's my take. Well, you have, you have right now, like you can't get into the parks without the park pass. So anyone that wants any of the locals that want their Disney fix are going there and they're probably going there after work. So it's just getting crazier, crazier because it does get a lot busier at night there than it does during the day. Definitely true. When we were leaving that one night at Disney Springs, it was all, I was so relieved just to be away from the crowds and back in my car. It's, it's kind of like yeah, the feeling. even if you just um, like walk around the corner where, where the buses are, there's nobody over there except for the couple stragglers that are heading back to their resort. It's all it, the parking garage. It's around the parking garage where it's all packed and right. There's all the people coming and going. They should open up like a, a few <laughs> nightclubs. And like have a closed street, and maybe do like a New Year's Eve type celebration every single night, and they could charge admission to that. Sure, you could have like a comedy club and a, a rock and roll club and a surf club. I don't know, just just a thought, like That's a Pleasure a Island style. That's what I would name it. I would name it like Pleasure Island or something like that. Pleasure Place. And you know, guys, speaking of crowds, we went to Epcot over two days. And the first night we were at World Showcase, it was just so unbearably crowded that we ended up just spending most of our time that night on Future World that it it was it was just the crowds were getting to me a little bit on this trip. Um, We couldn't even go have any of the food from the Festival of the Holidays the first night. We had to wait for our second trip to Epcot to do that. And I'll mention real quick what we had because it was amazing. We had pastrami on rye over at the Lahayam food booth. Now, I did not like the pastrami. It had way too much fat on it. That was actually the only thing I ate that I did not care for. I had the potato pancakes, which were served with either plain or with a, they called it smoked salmon. I would say it was more like chilled salmon. Fantastically good. It was just wonderful. Then they had a whiskey sour made with Manischewitz wine, which I thought was great. It was almost served like frozen drink style. So good. Really, really good. Um, then I had over. I can, in, I can picture uh, Scott standing in front of the booth. You call this the smoked salmon? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, then we went to. I got the sushi Christmas tree served in the Japan Pavilion, which was really good and very creatively done. So that's a testament to Disney food talent, right there. And then over in the France Pavilion, I had the smoked salmon with a dill creme like creme fraiche on a Napoleon, which was so good. And then I had, it was like mint flavored macarons with chocolate ganache in the middle. Excellent. Excellent. That alone so, got I me- I saw a video of those. those. Those look good. Yeah. I would go back next year just for those items. That's how good they were. Um. And Epcot was great. You know, I talked about Magic Kingdom. Epcot was great. Uh, got to see Future World. Got to see World Showcase. Nothing really new, I would say. But it was great to be at the festival for the holidays. And, you know, we celebrate Hanukkah in our home. And they had the Hanukkah Storyteller over at the festival in World Showcase. That was, I guess, between France and Morocco in that area. They had a big menorah up. And a storyteller came out and sang Hanukkah songs and told the story of Hanukkah. It was really wonderful and had a nice crowd. That was next to the Lahayim food booth and uh, really enjoyed it. So uh, that was one area where Hanukkah was included as well. I got to give Disney Springs credit for this. 
their music loop in the background included several Hanukkah songs, which is really nice to hear. I was going to ask if you saw any Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or, you know, non-Christmas um Yes. This time of year celebrations. So those are the Hanukkah things. Also at Coronado Springs, at Grand Destino, they had a menorah in the lobby. A Hanukkah merch in the stores. That was mentioned, that was included at Contemporary, a few other locations. Two final thoughts about my trip. One, I bought almost no merch. The only thing I bought was a Mr. Toad, Mr. Toad pin for my pin collection. That was literally it. That was in the hotel gift shop. Surprisingly little spent on souvenirs this trip, which is unique for me. Uh, and then coming home, we flew home on JetBlue. Our flight was delayed, but we were in the new terminal at MCO. It was Terminal C, which was a fantastic terminal with a huge Disney store, huge Universal Studios store with a screen that ran the length of the ceiling and incorporated Harry Potter footage, which was awesome. And a lot of food options, including Wine Bar George, which was in the the uh, the main Terminal C there, which was really I, cool to see. I think you were there opening day. See, that's what it said on the social media. And then I went up to the bartender there. I'm like, is today your opening day? He goes, no, we've been open for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe official. I don't know. Did you notice, is it the same menu, similar menu? Like, do they have the same food options or is it really more the wine? I didn't look at the menu, but I asked him, is the menu the same? And I seem to recall what he said is that it's a very similar menu. They have a lot of the same items, but not not all the same. That's good. They have a cheese board. That's the most important thing they serve. That's, that's right. Um, so you so you went out of sea. So uh, is it like you walk through the main area? Like is it a, you know you, you can see where you pick A or B when you get to the main lot, like main central area of the airport. Is C just off that, or was it its own entrance, or like how was it's did, its did own getting entrance, to the airport feel different? It it just it did not feel like MCO at all. We we all know what that MCO feel is. We could picture that central area, and then you get on the tram. This was yeah. like walking in. It almost felt not that I've been to many European airports. It felt like a modern European airport. You know what I mean? That in terms of its appearance, a lot of glass, high ceilings, very modern. In the main lobby of Terminal C, they had a very cool art piece, which was three video screens that kept rotating what was on the screens. It showed footage of Orlando, underwater footage. Some of it was interactive where you could put your hand up to the screen and stuff would happen based on your movements. Um, lots of stores. Are you had, sure you're supposed to be touching it? <laughs> <laughs> um, they had a PGA Tour grill, Shake Shack on the way, Chick-fil-A. Shake Shack was open, Chick-fil-A coming soon, SeaWorld store, and then lots of flights. It's basically JetBlue and international flights is what it is. So it was very cool. It made the delay a little bit more tolerable to be in a new space like that. And that, my friends, yeah, was we're, my we're trip. Flying, we're flying JetBlue on our next flight. And so that's that's part of why I'm asking. Just uh, It's going to be a new experience. And it, it sounds like a, a great time, though. As long as you had, you had a good uh, airport experience, all things considered. Other than the, del- the delay, which can happen anywhere, yes, it was a very good airport experience, I must say. And my voice is slowly fading. That is my trip. Yeah, that was that was a good one. You you packed a lot into a couple of days. Yes, I did. It was a lot, but um, a wonderful time with great memories. I did spill. I'll, I'll tell you this story. I think Dean, I may have told you this, but one night I went to the Three Bridges Bar at uh, Coronado, and I did not have a drink. Drink. I had a Shirley Temple. This thing was a massive cup. I mean, it was enormous. It was like a bathtub. <laughs> 
And then I was taking a sip and I put down my glass and it spilled literally all over my body. Got drenched in Shirley Temple. That's the uh, the 42-year-old the guy that spilled Shirley Temple all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> the 42-year-old guy ordering the Shirley Temple for himself was probably the funniest part. It was good. It was good. Um, and hey, Shirley Temples are delicious. Yeah, yes, they really they are. are. And that was it. That was the trip. Dean, thank you for helping plan awesome. Sounded like fun. Yeah, awesome report. Thank you. I don't know if I got the flu in the world, but somewhere I do. <laughs> Sometimes the quick little trips are are, uh, are the best. Yes. Just get in, hit it, and get out. If you said your instead of Dean's uh, check, yeah, yeah, instead of Dean's moving into uh, a resort for a month and a half. <laughs> my my next Disney trip will have three full days. We're gonna have a travel day, be there for three, and then come home the the fifth day. Wow. So it'll be like like what Scott's talking about. It's gonna be concentrated. We're probably gonna focus on Festival of the Arts, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be different. It's been a while since we've had a short trip like that. So Scott, here's a question for you. Yes. If they close the boathouse down for refurbishment, okay. But would it would it devastate your next trip? Like if you just couldn't go? No, it wouldn't devastate the trip. But it's a place we go to at least once every trip, so I'd have to choose a replacement. My go-to replacement, if it was for dinner, would probably be homecoming if I could get in there. If I couldn't get into homecoming, then maybe that would get me to try paddlefish. I know Kyle from the who's been on the show a bunch really speaks highly of paddlefish. So I, I may try that then. Polite pig. Oh, polite pig for you, Nick. Absolutely. <laughs> no one ever takes my suggest restaurant suggestions. Listen, I love the boathouse, but there I, I have been there a bunch. I mean, I've been there like with a few months in between and I recognize half the wait staff. So that's a sign, you know, you've been there too much. Um, but I do love it. I mean, the, the variety of the menu, the atmosphere there, it is a little busy. That's its drawback. It's kind of, you know, overwhelmingly crowded at times, but they got good drinks. They got solid appetizers, variety of entrees, just really good stuff. Speaking of restaurants, one place I left out was I went to the Palm over at Universal one night we drove to Universal, which was the Hard Rock Hotel. And I've been there a bunch. I was there on my summer trip. And um, no, not summer trip, October trip. I went and uh, had chicken parmesan. It was one of the best I've ever had. Highly recommend. Chicken parm at the palm. That's right. I think I'd go steak if I was there. It's all good. Can't go wrong. That's at the Hard Rock? At the hotel, yeah. And that was as close as I got to the theme parks. I saw a rip ride rocket from the parking lot. Yeah, don't go on that right. He, he wouldn't if you paid him. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You know, I'm still getting on Peter Pan. You know, that's a that's a step up for me. Flight of the Hippogriff. He sat out. I mean, he's not oh, going yeah, on no, Rip no, Ride no, Rocket. No. Rip Ride Rocket. <laughs> you got to give me 18 Shirley Temples before I even look at it. Yeah. So, guys, you know, my voice is fading. It's the holiday season. We're we got a lot going on. So, I think we'll head towards wrap up mode on this episode. But before we do, let's let's do a stuff we love recommendation. This is the part of the show where. Nick, Dean, and I are going to tell you something we recommend right now. It could be a movie, TV show, book, musical artist, whatever. So, uh, Nick, let's start with you. What is your Stuff We Love recommendation? Uh, mine is actually an app for my phone. The new uh, Marvel Snap game. You guys ever played any card-based games? No, but I've heard it's very good. Yeah, it, it won Game of the Year. Um, it's really fun. It is highly addictive, though, so you'll 
win a match and get you want to play another one or you'll lose a match. But I gotta I gotta go out on a on a win. I can't lose and you're gonna go again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun though. I've never played any. It's like um. Uh, all those, you know, they had all those uh, the Pokemon and all that stuff you'd play, you know. I never did any of that stuff. This is the first actual sure. card game. It's, it might be because I'm a huge Marvel fan that I got sucked into it. So you want to get on the different uh, cards, but it's a lot of fun. Great recommendation. Uh, Dean, how about you? So, you know, I'm always behind on television shows. Like, I just <laughs> finished season two of uh, Only Murders in the Building. Mm-hmm. So we have started a new show, which is only new to me because I believe it came out even last year. Dean, is... I just finished season two of Only Murders. On the <laughs> it was really good. It just took me a while to get to it. Yeah. So I finally started watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Uh, so I don't know if you watch that one, Scott, but no. uh, it is it is an interesting and odd TV show. We're, we're still early on, uh, but it's got you know Nicole Kidman and Luke Evans, oh, Melissa yeah. McCarthy, Michael Shannon. Barbie Carnavale, a lot of lot of recognizable names and recognizable faces in the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a little confused by Nicole Kidman playing a Russian woman. I'm not sure her accent holds up every time she talks, but uh, I won't be critical of that yet. Uh, so it's it's a weird. Uh, the first episode didn't really grab me, but it was intriguing enough that it kept me going, and I'm really curious to see which way it's going to go. But uh, on Hulu. Uh, like I said, I think it came out about probably about a year ago now. I did read at one point they're probably doing a season two. And I'm not sure it ever signed, but they're supposed to. So maybe by the time I finish season one, season two will be rolling out. And what is that on? What streaming service? It's on Hulu. Oh, on Hulu. Okay, right, right. Very good recommendation, Dean. So for my recommendation, you know, while I've been homesick, I've been watching some movies and there's a brand new documentary over on Disney+. Plus called If These Walls Could Sing. And it's about Abbey Road Studios over in London. It's basically a history of Abbey Road and the music that's been made there from the Beatles to Pink Floyd to the orchestra recordings for Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And it's a good 90-minute documentary directed by Paul McCartney's daughter, Mary McCartney. Very well done. Interviews with Paul, Ringo, Elton John, um, a whole bunch of John Williams, George Lucas. They're all in there. So it's 90 minutes long, very good film, good music, some interesting stories, and uh, I recommend that. So that's If These Walls Could Sing over on Disney+. Plus. So if if this podcast could sing, it would sound like the most beautiful music ever made. It would be a Sherman Brothers composition. A jolly holiday, if you will. I've been told, told I'm tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> It still would be beautiful to us, Nick. Nick, at at tea time, everyone agrees. So you start the episode with a Taylor Swift reference and you end the episode with a Taylor reference. Always good. I approve. I approve. That's my other recommendation. More Taylor. More Taylor is always a good thing. Um, Guys, where can we find you on social media? Nick, let's start with you. Uh, At Nickwaymania on Twitter. And uh, uh, what's that other one that everyone's joining? Mastodon? Mastodon, yeah. You're on the Mastodon? You joined? Yeah, like eight months ago and then forgot all about it until uh, a couple people reminded me that I had actually created an account and never used it. You started the trend. <laughs> uh, Dean, how about you? I am uh, at CT underscore Mickey underscore man on Twitter. 
uh, and probably uh, the, the best place to find me, but I can point you in the direction of the travel agency or the podcast that Nick sometimes co-hosts when we record shows and sometimes release them, uh, which is at Butter and Bacon. So we had our seven-year Twitterversary today. So excited to have realized that that's happening. And uh, hopefully uh, some of the stuff in the can will make its way to the airwaves in the next couple of weeks. Released from the vault. The butter and bacon vault. Some some of which includes you, Scott. We we yes. have a couple that uh, that need to be edited and, and released. Well, I look forward to it in twenty twenty six. Yeah, we can hear about that 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 trip from twenty twenty one. Aaron Judge's contract may be at least halfway right. through by the time we release the show. Oh man! Uh, so I can be found on Twitter at Scotty Boy Four. The podcast can be found at Stuff We Love Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We're still at Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. Stuffwelovepodcast.gmail.com is our email address. And we have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel and all that good stuff. And uh, guys, since this will be our last episode of 2022, let me take a moment to wish you and all of our listeners a wonderful holiday season. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And uh, best wishes to you all for a happy and healthy new year. Same. Same to you, Scott. Same to you to the listeners. And looking forward to more shows in 2023. Awesome. Where I'll, my voice will hopefully be stronger. You're That's nodding all in approval. That's all pray. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. Uh, so, guys, let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Dean. I'm Nick. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. <laughs>